Welcome back to another episode of the Clappercast. I'm your host, Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, Sean. Oh, wait a minute. Sean's actually not here this time. This is going to be my first solo episode, so buckle up. It could get a little weird. Um, I'd like to do something a little different this week. Um, without my co-host to bounce back and forth about how the series are doing, I thought we could talk about some different things. Uh, there's been a few things that have come up recently in this past week um, which just kind of show there's some things that are bigger than hockey and I want to start off today's episode by uh, extending my condolences to the Howarchuk family. Dale Howarchuk of course passed away today uh, August 18th 2020 uh, after succumbing to his battle with stomach cancer. Uh, it's pretty sad. Uh, Dale Howarchuk is a uh, of course, a legendary Winnipeg Jet player. Um, he's pretty renowned for being a, just an all-around amazing human. But on the ice, is, he had a very impressive 16-year career where he had over 1,000 games played, uh, 1,188 games played with 1,409 points. So pretty remarkable numbers. Um, he played, of course, for the Winnipeg Jets, where he's most well-known. Uh, but he also played for the Buffalo Sabres for a number of years. Uh, he played for the Blues and the Flyers for a couple short stints. Um, but wherever he went, very well liked. Uh, he was also a beast in playoffs, where he had 97 games played and 99 points. So very, very impressive and clutch player. Um, he's well known for his performances in two Canada Cups in 1987 and 1991 where he one of them he was named uh, MVP of a game which is impressive when you have Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky on the same team when someone passes away it's always of course very sad so again my condolences to the Howard Chuck family um so he's only 57 so way 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 too soon um but you know that kind of brings me to my today's kind of topic if you want to call it that, is that there's things that are bigger than hockey. And Sean and I, of, of course, are huge hockey fans and live and breathe hockey. And that's why we started this whole podcast. But even we have to admit there's things that are much larger than the game of hockey. Um, you know, we're very excited that hockey's back. But uh, the passing of Dale, Howchuck, and a few other things that have happened this week have, have really brought that to light. The next thing that kind of speaks to that is uh, Claude Julien head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he was uh, brought out of the bubble, and it was said that he was experiencing chest pains, and he had to get some emergency surgery done. Um, so Kirk Muller, associate coach, took over as head coach. The next game that the Montreal Canadiens played, they won 5-0 against the Philadelphia Flyers. So it's kind of one of those things where, like, you could almost tell that they were going to win that game. Uh, if I was a betting man, I should have put money on it. But, um, you know, they came out and played for Claude just to win one for him. Mark Bergevin said, you know, the coaching staff didn't win the the first qualifying round against the Penguins. The players did. I take a little bit of an issue with that. I mean, coaching obviously is a huge part of it. But, you know, it was a kind of a rallying cry for the players that, you know, we can still do this without our head coach. Um but it came out that Claude Julien had to have a stint put in his heart and that he's actually going to be out for the rest of this series. Um, so he went home to recover. You know, another one of those things where it's 
you know, your health is obviously more important than, than standing on a bench in a fanless arena. I mean, even if there was fans there, you've, you've got to put your health, your health first. And uh, I really hope the, the Canadians can, you know, rally and continue to play well. And they've been struggling a little bit since that game um, to score. But it's tough for Claude Julien to uh, have to leave the team. I'm sure he would rather be there than probably laying in a bed and healing from heart surgery. You know, that is what it is. The other thing that you got to put first is family. And we had Tuka Rask hours before a game say that he was opting out of the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it was kind of a shock. It was kind of surprising for most people. You know, he'd been making every start for the Bruins. Uh, the Bruins didn't look too sharp in the um, round-robin games. But uh, once they got into their series um, against Carolina, you know, Rask looked pretty good. Um, the Bruins kind of snapped back into it a bit. Um, but as I mentioned, Rask kind of uh, blew up the hockey world by saying, I'm, I'm opting out. And he said, you know, there's, um, I have to put my family first. And I was a little disappointed in the reaction amongst most fans that I saw online. Most people were saying, you know, oh, Tuka Rask is a head case. He's always been one. He's soft. Um, you know, his heart's not in it. Um, things like that, where people were criticizing him as a person rather than his play, which, you know, people are, are no stranger to that either with Tuka Rask. Um, but he's an incredible goalie. And we have no idea what's going on with his family. He doesn't have to tell anyone what's going on with his family. Um, you know, but he has he has a right to do that and the response from the bruins has been super positive you know they've said that you know we we um there's a quote here from uh don sweeney who said you know i don't think this is a, any big surprise to us this has been a difficult decision for tuca the the boston bruins are in full support of why he made this decision there's a number of other quotes like that from other people in the bruins organizations whether it be players or uh the head coach so, you know, the team's very, very supportive of him. Um, of course, they have uh, backup extraordinaire uh, Yaroslav Halak, who's an exceptional goalie in his own right. He has single-handedly won some series in the past uh, for other teams. He's had a really good season as well. Um, so I'm sure that this decision was made a bit easier for the team, that they have a competent goaltender to replace Tuka. Um, but, you know, it's, it is quite sad to see people uh, jumping down Rask's throat. I mean, he came in, it was probably, as Sweeney mentioned, a, a tough decision for Tuca to leave, but it was also probably a tough decision for him to even come in the first place. Um, he had an interview a day before he announced his decision that, uh, you know, it didn't feel like playoffs to him. He didn't feel the urgency and that uh, life in the bubble was, was challenging. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of other players that are experiencing similar issues where, you know, you have players like uh, Sean Couturier who just had a, a, a baby with his wife, like days before having to leave to go into the bubble and not being able to see them. It's, it's really hard. I mean, it's easy for us as fans who, you know, we're experiencing our own challenges right now due to COVID, but, you know, making an assumption here, but most people probably aren't you know, kept f away from their family for an indeterminate amount of time where you have no idea when you'll see them again. 
in person in a different city. I mean, there might be some people who work, you know, two weeks on, two weeks off or something like that, where that is a challenge, but that would be something that you would have signed up for in the beginning. Um, so I think it's really easy to criticize Tugarask, but it's it's just not the right thing to do. I mean, you have to remember he's a person before he's a hockey player, and it's very narrow-minded to, to judge him on a decision that we don't have all the information on. I think you just have to trust him that he's doing the best thing for him and his family, and that's untouchable to criticize. No one can touch him for that. There wasn't that much outrage about players who opted out from the very beginning, so why should we criticize players who are opting out now? Um, you know, they've they've tried it. Um, something may have happened back home. So, you know, that toxic aspect of sports fandom is uh, is pretty pronounced, and this was one of those events where we saw it in probably one of its worst forms. So I hope everything is okay with Tuka and his family, and I wish him all the best. Um, and then, as I mentioned, Yaroslav Halak uh, is a very competent goalie, and he's looked good. I mean, Boston had a crazy game against Carolina um, where they were down two goals going into the third, and they rallied and, and, and came back and, and won. Um, so, you know, again, just like the Montreal Canadiens kind of won that game for Claude, perhaps they were a little bit inspired. You know, let's 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 win this for Tuca and show that, you know, we're still in it. And I thought that was a good bounce back for Boston. It was It was impressive to see the bubble life so you have players like Tuka Rask saying it's a challenge uh, you also see a lot of social media posts from teams trying to say you know how the players are staying busy and how they're doing xyz with their teammates um, but it's got to be a challenge it's got to be really hard really tough to not see your family um, but the scheduling I think is is going to start to wear down on players um, you know, normally the Stanley Cup playoffs scheduling is you play, you have a game, a day off, and then you play again. Maybe you'll have a two-day wait. Um, but we're starting to see more teams play back-to-backs, as in they play one day and then they play the very next day. And that's got to be tough, uh, especially when you have games going to well, five OT, like you have Columbus and uh, Tampa Bay almost said Toronto. <laughs> um, and that's got to wear on you. I don't know if players are able to recover that fast. Um, you have teams like Vancouver uh, and St. Louis where Vancouver plays a very fast game. They have that speedy breakout, uh, quick chances. And then you have St. Louis that kind of plays that slower, wear you down, um, you know, cycle game. Uh, Vancouver is going to be totally affected more than St. Louis on playing back-to-backs because they play a fast all-out game um so um just kind of brings to mind some questions about the scheduling and if that's uh you know the best thing to do for the players i know we want to condense the whole stanley cup tournament into a short amount of time but is that really the best thing to do um i don't know i'm i don't know i'm not sold on it um I don't, I'm not a big fan of the back-to-backs. It seems like there's not enough time to recover as a player, but also as a fan. You know, it's it's crazy to to be elacious, just super pumped about a win, and then you got to go right back into it. Um, also, you know, the games are at weird times, so you might miss it, or you might have to listen to it on the radio or something. 
very next day. So it's just a bit of a one of those weird things about this whole uh, setup. Um, and then the another thing is that uh, we didn't have Hockey Night in Canada. Um, yeah, so, so kind of strange we had that uh, no Canadian teams Hockey Night playing in Canada on the Saturday. You know, considered uh, for this, I know it's probably all done. We had no special bonus, but sports net. No Hockey Night in Canada is kind of one of those pillars of growing up and being a hockey fan. It's it means something. It's very important. Um, so kind of sad that that wasn't considered. Um, especially because a lot of fans aren't able to watch the games this year uh, because of their work schedule or or whatnot. Um, so kind of a missed opportunity there um, by the NHL to, to showcase some of the Canadian teams and, and draw in you know, a, a large audience or at least give those fans a chance to watch on the weekend. Um, it's kind of, kind of weird there. Yeah, I definitely miss the original... CBC Hockey Night in Canada with the original theme song. It was such a classic growing up moment for me. It's just one of those beautiful moments, you know, watching Hockey Night in Canada with your family and just being so super pumped to, to watch as a kid. Um, hopefully, you know, it's not a long-term thing that it will come back, but um, sad to see it gone right now. Um, but I gotta give Sportsnet props for bringing on board Kevin Bieksa in a full-time role here. So he's been really exciting to have on the broadcast team um, in between intermission and pregame and postgame. I think he's bringing, you know, uh, obviously some humor to the broadcast. Um, you know, dishing out shots to Friedman and and Ron. Um, but I actually think that the experience of a D-man on the broadcast team is something that we rarely see you know we always see goaltenders or forwards being in on the broadcast and it's it's awesome to have that other perspective of a defenseman who recently played in the nhl too someone who's you know retired just a few years ago um who knows how the game's played and it can you know break down a play um and give you kind of insight into why a player might have done something or, you know, what they could have thought was happening on the play. Um, you know, we have like Kelly Haruti, who's a, you know, was a great goaltender in the stand-up era, um, who gives his insight onto what a goalie might be thinking. But the game is played so differently now than it used to be. Um, and he doesn't know what a defenseman could be thinking. And, you know, they have Colby Armstrong on there and a number of other people who've played forward. But, um, Kevin Bieksa, like Juice has been great. Um, I think it's really cool to see, especially as someone who plays defense themselves. Um, it's it's awesome. I like it. Um, just to have that kind of player's perspective. Um, uh, also, the humor's humor's definitely appreciated on my end. Kind of reminds me of how Tony Romo came in as a commentator for the NFL and how he blew people away by being able to predict what plays were going to happen like before they even happened and just his insight as a professional player like he could just blow away what was going on he could break it down to such a degree that was super impressive and then you know Kevin Bieksa was a great defenseman you know you might not like him as a fan of other teams but you have to admit that he played at a very high level um he made it to the NHL and 
played with some amazing players. So even to get there, you have to have such a high hockey hockey IQ and to last in the league for as long as he did. Um, so um, props for him to, to you know beginning the second half of his career here as a you know a color commentator essentially. Um, so that's been cool. Um, and to kind of change gears here a bit, I thought I could uh, start speaking a little bit about uh, my favorite team, the Washington Capitals. So they've been super disappointing so far. They had a pretty lackluster round robin where they won one game against the Boston Bruins to you know, secure the third spot and to play the Islanders. And they have looked really bad. I mean, they're playing right now as I speak, and they're down 2-0 midway through the first, and they're down 3-0 in the series already. And in the first two games, they went up, they had a lead, blew it uh, in really spectacular fashion. They've left a lot of, they've blown a lot of plays at the far blue line, let the Islanders blow in, score. They could have put it away in overtime, didn't. It's been really frustrating to watch as a fan because you can tell that the players aren't into it. They're just not as dedicated as they were on that Magic 2018 Cup run. And I think a lot of it has to do with Todd Reardon. Um, As much as it pains me to say that, um, you know, I was never a fan of the fact that the Capitals let Barry Trotz walk. I thought they should have paid the man. I mean, he got them to the finals. He got them to it in the second round every pretty much every year until they, they broke through and finally won. And it was really sad to just let him go because he wanted money. And he was owed that money. And he went to the Islanders. And what do you know? Oh, the Islanders turn their team completely around. They become one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, they've obviously helped a lot by goaltending but when Barry Trotz left he brought his entire staff except for Todd Reardon the defensive specialist um, who became the head coach in Washington um, so he brought with him his goaltending coach Mitch Korn who has worked with him from his Nashville days who has you know coached Pekka Rene, Braden Holtby he's turned them around uh, when they've struggled he's helped them out a lot. He's lauded as one of the best goaltending coaches in the league. Um, you saw him work his magic with Robin Lanner, uh, Simeon Varlamov, um, Tomas Karais. It's been magic to watch them turn around to become that best defensive team. You know, they play a really solid game where they they make you pay on the mistakes that you make. They aren't playing the most exciting style of hockey, as Sean and I have mentioned in previous podcasts. But they make you pay when you mess up. And that's something that Washington does not do anymore. They don't have that strong system. Um, Their power play has sucked um, in this series and in the regular season. It was the worst it's been in a number of years. So um, I'm fully on board. I was fully on board keep Barry Trotz. And now I've probably got one foot in on fire Todd Reardon because he has just not been able to motivate this team. Um, he looks like Kevin from The Office. <laughs> it seems like he puts in the, the same amount of effort into his job. Um, it's it, it's kind of one of those teams that's coasting on the talent of the players, I think, and it's a case of you know hard work beats talent when talent isn't working hard, to use you know a, a cliche, but I think that's what this series is. Um, and... 
as much as it would be easy to put it on Braden Holtby, you know, he's he's made some good saves. Um, you know, would it would have been nice to have Ilya Samsonov here rather than nursing an injury from an ATV accident? Yes, yes, it would be. But I don't think this one comes down to Braden Holtby. Um, I think he's sadly going to be gone after the end of the season, and you know his numbers won't look amazing, so he might not get what he's looking for. Um, but I think they're going to have to shake things up in Washington to uh, stay a competitive team. Um, they should be doing much better than they are. They should not be down three-zero in this series, as you know the third best team, so to speak, in the East coming into playoffs. Um, they're just getting outworked and not capitalizing on their opportunities. And it's tough to watch as a fan. Um, you know, we, we kind of thought we got over the hump when they beat the Penguins. And then we had the disappointing loss to the Carolina. This is worse. Last year, they looked like they were trying. This year, they're not. It's really rough to watch. Lots of stupid penalties. I don't know if this team thinks that they're owed, you know, an easy path to the championship, but... This is probably going to be one of the hardest cups to win. And, you know, if they're struggling this bad, I don't know. I think there's a lot of other teams that look a lot better. Um, so so we'll see what happens with that. I kind of kind of am hoping that uh, Todd Reardon is at least feeling the flames on his butt a little bit at this point. You know, he, his seat might not be super hot, but it could get a lot hotter. Just heard that siren in the background. It must be a crazy five alarm fire going on here in the city um but uh, i think that's gonna wrap things up for me on the clappercast this week thanks for joining me on this strange unique one-off solo episode um you can find our instagram at uh, clappercast media and you can also find us on facebook please uh, like and follow our content to stay up to date on all hockey news And uh, me and Sean will be back at you with more Hockey Talk soon. soon.